Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hi, welcome to 90 Day Disasters. We're doing the recaps of Before the 90 Days Season 1. And we are on Episode 4, Meet the Parents. This originally aired on August 27th. 2017. An oldie but a goodie. An oldie but a goodie. And this is one of my favorites. And it has been a while since we did it before the 90 day episode. As I explained on our last 90 day episode, Lisa's been really busy with work and I've had like a lot of illness in my house. So um, we're glad to be back to before the 90 days to Darcy and Jesse's creepy post-coital morning aftershots. Right. Where she already has like a full face of makeup. You know, she's got, she's one of those gets up early and like does her makeup and then gets back. It's like in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. (laughs) Did you see that? I did not. Well, she's like plays this like perfect housewife in, I guess the fifties. And like in the very first episode, they show her like in the morning in bed with her husband. And she has this like special alarm or something like that. She like somehow wakes up before him literally gets out of bed, like does the whole thing, gets back in bed. So that when he wakes up, he's like, Oh, you're so beautiful. And then he proceeds to leave her later in the episode. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Despite all of her perfect attempts. Uh, yeah. And that's Darcy. And I think in Darcy's case, she's not so much doing it for his benefit because he's already made it clear that he doesn't actually like her to wear that much makeup. She's doing it because she's so insecure, which is sad. Right. She's like Elvira. Am I dating myself? She does look like Elvira. I agree completely. <laughs> Elvira looks like she's wearing less makeup. Yeah. And then Darcy says the memorable quote, our souls merged. Jesse's response, we were intimate, indeed. I didn't need to hear any of that. They're so awkward. Oh, God. Okay, so now they go, and they're going to meet the parents. No, but you're missing the part where she says that their sexual energy is tantric. I was I was skipping that on purpose. I don't oh, need okay. to hear about their sexual All energy. Right. All right, I felt that we needed to go there, but that's fine. Whatever. Um, so uh, she goes to meet them in more stilettos because apparently it's all she brought. Um, but what's super funny is that his mom and stepdad could not be more opposite of him, him and her. Yeah, I mean they are super artsy. They're like alternative. Like, super alternative. Yeah. They're like Betsy Johnson alternative. They're worse than that. I mean, Betsy Johnson can still be sold in, like, Nordstrom. Everything about her, everything about Darcy is everything that they just are not. Which is interesting because it it looks like he has a decent relationship with them. And I think that we could have a whole show unpacking his, like, actual relationship with his mom and stepdad. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he really respects them, and he does have a close relationship with his mom. His mom is clearly more, um, she's, I mean, she's his mom, right? So she's, like, more unconditional love and acceptance of this woman that he allegedly loves, whereas the stepdad is a little bit more, um... Objective. I get the impression that Jesse and his stepdad have like seriously clashed in the past. They might and have. That they worked it out. Now that's just supposition, but it's like the vibe I get. And it also is sort of related to the fact that Jesse 
goes into the military, you know, at such a young age. It's mm-hmm. like maybe he just wanted out and he wanted to be in like the most like rigid disciplined environment possible because the house he grew up in was like so like the Willy opposite. Wonka style. That's just a guess. All right. Are you ready to move to uh, Paul? I, one thing that I didn't yeah. like that Jesse said on the way over to the house was that he had never brought ex- any previous girlfriends over because they were, quote, not worth it. Yeah. That's not a nice thing well, to he say. is, he, I think that, I know, so much of him I dismiss as being European. Um, yeah, you mean it was like a poor translation? Maybe, or that, like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just giving him a justification for it. And then his, like, super military bearing to walking into the house kind of goes to my previous comment. Mm-hmm. Like, he's in almost, he's in a jacket. It's like a peacoat. It has epaulets. Like, it's very, very militaristic. Yeah. And for, for I think for a normal person who's into fashion, the military thing kind of comes and goes. Mm-hmm. I did recently watch Devil's Wear Wears Prada, so I can't opine oh. on this pretty intelligently. <laughs> <laughs> and and by that I mean unintelligently. And but for him, I think it's like part of who he is, and it's specifically part of who he is as he relates to his stepdad. Yeah, he's like, I am the law. You know? yeah. I am like the proper stand-up citizen, mm-hmm. and I'm dealing with you and your craziness because that's what we do in democracy, kind of. A yeah, thing. I, I don't know. See that. That's the vibe I get. All right. So then we go to Paul and Karini. And I seriously don't think his shit's going to fall fit into her house. Yeah, you mean his eight military-grade Oh, my God, I can't with him. Back to the military so with these folks, too. Crazy. Um, and the dad is, like, seriously irritated by Paul. But it's not really fair, because he's irritated that Paul doesn't speak Portuguese. But, of course, the dad doesn't speak English either. Now, Paul's coming to his country, so there's that. But it's like they're both... They both have the same problem here. I guess know? so, but I don't... I feel like... I, I I disagree in the sense that, like, I think that Paul has more of a responsibility to learn the language of his spouse. Oh, I agree. Than yeah. the than father the has. Because, I mean, it's like my, my grandparents, they never learned to speak English, ever. Yeah. They only spoke Portuguese. And they spoke Spanish, although they pretended not to. Um, but they only spoke Portuguese and it's like my dad's responsibility to translate between my mom and my grandparents. I agree. I agree. And it is weird that Karini, I think the reason Karini can't perform that function here is because she doesn't speak English either. Right. The whole thing is really the dad should be annoyed with Karini. Well, I think that Paul, maybe, but Paul should have learned. I mean, you're going to another country. He never would have been able to, to, you know, I'm learning Arabic right now because my in-laws speak Arabic and I already have made a significant effort to learn French because they also speak French because in Lebanon people speak Arabic and French right and I'm like just now finally found an app that will do Arabic because they don't use our alphabet so you can't Mm -hmm. do it on like the traditional like Duolingo style thing so I finally found one I paid for it I'm taking daily Arabic lessons I have been in that family for seven years Mm -hmm. and this week is the first time that I've ever made any effort at all to speak a language that I hear all the time. Yeah, my but the difference is that your husband speaks English. But he doesn't speak Arabic. Oh, yeah, so then that's, but so it's not. But he does speak French. Okay, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you're making an effort seven years in. I get that. But 
it's not like Karini speaks perfect English. Well, and my in-laws speak perfect English. Yeah, so it's different. <laughs> I'm I mean, leaving out a key fact. <laughs> right. No, I mean, he's like irritated because he's like, how can I have a conversation with this guy who doesn't understand? He says no one knows what the mute wants. <laughs> Which <laughs> I <laughs> fucking love. I like the dad. I think that he's a reasonable person. Oh, I love the person. dad, too. I think he's handling, like, the cameras and the fucking craziness of this. Think about this. You and I grew, are now living in a world where reality TV is... Everywhere, our fucking president mm-hmm. was was on a reality TV show. Um, but these people living on the Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, not only is this like, you know, white dude coming into their their village mm-hmm. and trying to marry their daughter, but these brought cameras. No, I know, and that I shit cray. I just think it's funny. It's like he's gonna stay here for two weeks like a mute. And then the worst, <laughs> the worst, worst moment was when Paul asked the parents if Karini could come stay with him at his hotel. And the dad literally says, and I actually really applaud the dad for coming out and saying the problem he has, even though, again, there are all these communication issues. He says, hotels are only for sex in Brazil. He's saying to this guy, look, to me, you are asking me to take my daughter away to have sex with her. And he's giving Paul the opportunity to disabuse him of that notion. But Paul doesn't take that opportunity because Paul is an idiot. He does. He and promises he... to guard her honor. I know, but he doesn't Ew. really. The thing is, you don't ask. The thing, he is an idiot because you have a translator app, which means there's no reason to like say things in a weird way. Yeah. Like everyone needs to be using the translator. Type app. it, the but lesson. type what you really mean. Yes. I'm staying in a hotel. I would love it for Karini to just stay there with me so that we can talk. You should just not say, that, we will not have sex. Yeah, That's but be clear, say. but not this convoluted. Because the dad, when he first asks if he, he can go to the hotel, the dad looks at him like, the fuck are you it's asking It's like he me thinks right he's now? kidding. Yeah, he's like, are you... Because I uh, think seriously that would be an me insane thing to ask. Well, it's a, and it's so sophisticated of the dad to be like, okay, I realize even though I've only ever probably seen this like tiny part of the world where this is the world way we think, there may be other ways that people operate and I need to like double check. Right. That was amazing. That is like not the 90 Day Fiance way to like acknowledge cultural differences. It's just not. This guy is breaking the mold here. Yeah. I mean, instead of saying, I promise to keep her safe, it just sounds like you're giving him a bullshit line. Like, why can't you just say, no, it's not for sex. I'm not going to have sex with her. We haven't even talked about that. Like, we're just going to get to know each other better. He's probably worried that the dad isn't going to believe him. If yeah. he's really direct about it. I mean, he's you know, an He may idiot. feel like he needs to be convincing. Dude, the dad owns a gun. Like, get Does your he? shit together. Yeah. I mean, he was like a police person. He knows, okay, he knows how to shoot a gun. Probably. Yeah. Accurately. The dad also has, again, like a very reasonable response when ultimately his decision is, look, Karini's an adult and she can do what she wants. Right. And, and I but thought that was amazing. He, he is very that. reasonable, but I mean, the dad is like... Well, also, Paul is, like, not just a white American coming to, like, take the 19-year-old or no, whatever way. No, he comes bearing hairballs. He comes wearing hairballs, and he's, like, so greasy. He's got an open shirt, and he's got the necklace, yeah, he and he's creepy. harmless. But he's 34. Like, he looks like... I mean, he looks like he has a windowless van, but other than that... Yeah, I know. know. See? I don't know. Anyway, okay. So now we meet... Patrick, who is 25, from Lexington, Kentucky. And because this is like a retrospective, I want to just note that, so this, this I mean, we're meeting him here, and we're, you know, ultimately people know, they've already seen this season, he's, you know, getting with this woman named... Um, Miriam. Miriam. In real life now, he has a different girlfriend. 
Oh, really? So just FYI. Okay. I didn't want to forget to mention that because we do the before the 90 days so infrequently that I wasn't sure I would remember. But like I just saw this the other day mm. online that he is with somebody else now. Who is American or? I don't know. I assume so. Okay. So we meet Pat. So he's 25. He's a touring DJ. He's a DJ and a kickboxer. Don't forget. Isn't that what, um, isn't, um, Paulie D from Jersey Shore, like a touring DJ? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's very strange. Anyway, he has a daughter, Italy, who is about two. She looks about two. She's adorable. She reminds me of like Steph Curry's. Oh, yeah. The first one when he was like. my God. She's doing all those interviews and she'd like take the mic. She reminds me of her. And it looks like he was like a real player and then he accidentally got his ex-girlfriend pregnant and that's my and it's italy lives with her mom her mom is cool beautiful um and yeah this is weird so he's dating miriam who's 24 she lives in paris he refers to her as his girlfriend she's muslim he says he thinks foreign women and i don't know if he's talking about muslim women or specifically foreign women i certainly wouldn't attribute this to parisian women he thinks they have better values and are more committed um, which is weird because he's the, the player. He, like, right. He's sort of a self-admitted player. And I have to say, and this may offend some people, but I spent a decent amount of time amongst French people and in the French culture, especially now, being in like the, the in-law world that I'm in, although they are Lebanese. I spent a lot of time in Paris because we have family there. There is like a general trope in France of men who have not just affairs, but like long-term affairs, who have mistresses. Right. And it's like actually part of the culture. Yeah, but that is not specific to France. I mean... No, of course not. It's, but it, I it, think it's very European. Like It's in, not exclusive to France. No, no, But it is specific to France. Like France specifically is one of the countries that has oh, this yeah. like very... It's a cherished tradition. Portugal has that. I mean... I have no doubt. We have, my dad's contemporary cousin has... A long, I mean, has had, we've been to birthday parties for the son he had mm-hmm. with that person. Wow. And now he has a granddaughter from oh, that cool. son and then a grandson from his d- daughter with his marriage. Yeah. So there's, it's very um, awkward and, you know, what for us. Because that's yeah. not something that I would ever accept. It's not really an accepted part of American culture. I mean, I think no, people, people have affairs here, it. but it's really considered dirty. I mean, look what happened with the Ashley Madison scandal. Yeah. I mean, that, like, brought people down. Like, we no, in totally. this country are puritanical. Like, we are supposed to be. We and, were. Like, we, you know, I mean, and again, and this, and the thing that I just said about France, maybe it's anachronistic. Maybe I'm not being fair to, like, current yeah. France, you know. But the idea that he thinks that in France... They have like more yeah. morality and family values than we do is kind of laughable. I mean, just watch a French movie for God's sake. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so now we meet Courtney. Or no, we go back to Courtney. And well, she's going to Spain for three weeks. She thinks she is the Spanish dancing girl emoji. And she's uh, packing this like red dress. The parents, I can't, they're so I love adorable. Them. They're so funny. Oh gosh! I want them <laughs> to take in and raise Richie. I hope he's not a gigolo. I hope he's not a gigolo. <laughs> I hope he's not a gigolo. Oh my god, they're so cute and funny. I love it. They're adorable. They're like from the Wonder Years, or actually, you know what they remind me of? Have you ever seen Best in Show? Yes. The movie? They remind me of the God Loves a Terrier people. Oh yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. They probably go to dog shows. She, Courtney is worried that he's going to cheat, that Antonio is going to cheat, that he is a sort of a perennial cheater. 
Um, and that's when the mom makes the gigolo comment, which was the best. <laughs> and Courtney reveals that she plans to stay with him, but that she isn't going to sleep with him right away. Which is fine. It's just that if you don't know someone, you can't be so confident in your physical safety. Yeah, why would you, know? you stay with him? I don't know. I mean, I, I She hasn't even wouldn't. spoken to him on a video chat. I would at least have a backup so that when I met him, if I didn't feel like completely 100% confident. And I have to say, I don't think I would even entertain the idea of staying with someone who I didn't know, you know, who I was meeting for the, especially I a would, man, like maybe a woman, maybe like a friend that a pen pal, I don't know. How long is she going for? Three weeks? She's going for three weeks. So and that's a long time to be under one roof too. I would book a hotel room. Or an Airbnb. For three days. Or a hostel. Because I think after three days or maybe even five days, home. you can either come home yeah. or you go stay with him. I like I think that's enough time to figure out what your plan, or you extend the the stay in a hotel, but like I think you should at least give yourself some time to like be by yourself after you I meet them. I completely agree. And given how like kind of I guess the word is provincial or midwestern his yeah. her parents are, I'm amazed at how open minded they are to this plan. Yeah, but she's twenty five. I mean there's not much they could really I know, do. But she's so like wide eyed and, and dumb. Naive. Like I, know. I would be so worried about her. All right. So now we go to Jesse and Darcy yep. and they're meeting, they're at the parents. Apparently who live in a basement? Yeah, it's very strange. I think and that's a Euro thing where we're just not used to the architecture so much. Yeah. The, it's kind of an odd space. The mom looks like Cindy Lauper circa 1985. No, she looks like Cindy Lauper now. No, because Cindy Lauper like looks kind of put together. Cindy yeah, but still with the same style that she oh, had back style, in the 80s. Yeah. And then Dave, the stepdad, is in some kind of American flag outfit. He looks nutter butters. I mean, he has this like weird man bun. He has a lot of piercings. Yeah, it's he's just overflowing with this like bombastic energy. He's bizarre. But the mom like loves Darcy already and is very sweet to her. Yeah, but she seems a little bit anti-American. Who, like, the mother? The mom. Like, I don't think she... I think the, the only real problem she has with Darcy is that she's American and she doesn't really trust. And I think, yeah. you know, given the political situation, you know, here, I don't know what it was, frankly, when this was being um, filmed, but, mm -hmm. you know, I can understand someone taking issue with it, especially someone who's, like, very, very, very European-style liberal. Right. No, I can like, understand oh, that. you know. Um... And Darcy tells them that they sit down, they get ready to, they're going to eat, they sit down. And Darcy tells them that she wants to get married and she pictures her and Jesse's little boy and she's already picked out names. And I Dave's mean, like, are you out of your fucking mind? Fuck? I am like, what, are you out of your fucking mind? Which was kind of nice that we had like the actual audience objective voice of reason being voiced through Dave, but it was cruel of him to say. Maybe, but I love Dave. I mean, okay, I these, hate Dave. these I are think he's really rude. I think he's my favorite person, and mostly because I hate Darcy. So these these oh, are my, that's right. You and I like our issues yes. always come to the surface. I know. I hate Darcy. So this is our um this <laughs> these are my favorite quotes. You've seen each other for a day, and you're already talking about having kids. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yes, Dave. She is. <laughs> and then Dave says. You have your troubles, but he has none. <laughs> Dave says he is kind of beautiful. <laughs> what what is in it for you, Jesse? <laughs> he says Jesse's like walking around getting undies thrown at him, and you're not even in the same league. Yeah, that was just. I mean, come on, that's a mean thing to say. I mean, 
yeah, what's in it for you, Jesse? Jesse's response? That's that's a deep question, Dave. Yeah, nobody's, <laughs> nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> oh, God. What does that even mean? And oh, my God. Humiliated. And she says, you know, she feels like they're equals. She clearly doesn't feel like they're equals. And no. That's the problem. She's so insecure. There's absolutely nothing about this. that she He basically just voiced all of her insecurities about the relationship. I agree. She knows she's not in his league. She know, She's wondering what's in it for him, too, because she's the one who's bringing the troubles, as he says, but really, you he know, she's the like family. She she's and, got kids. She's yeah. got a lot, like, all of this stuff, and he's this single, on-his-own kind of guy. So, you know, she probably has a lot of insecurities about that, too. Dave is literally, like, the nasty voice that's always in, in Darcy's head, like, following her around. Oh, totally. Her she's not good enough. And he's he, literally sitting in front of her in his American flag costume and his man bun, telling her to her face. Like, and you and are I agree not with you that it was rude. I will agree that it she's was rude. She's a guest rude. in their home. Like, say I that to Jesse later if you feel that it's even your place I know, to but it just, it felt good to watch. Felt good to you. It felt good to me because I felt like, okay, finally, somebody is just saying what everybody is thinking. Everybody was thinking it, even, and I agree. You know, even Jesse's thinking all of those things. Okay, before we move on to Paul, yes. our co-host is screaming at me from Okay. Back. We'll be back. <laughs> okay, so Paul and Karini um, go to the hotel because, you know. They were able to do so. Um, and he leaves her in the lobby for like 15 minutes so he can cover he their He can room decorate. <laughs> like he's going to... Sexy. He decorates the hotel room like he's going to surprise my two-year-old. Maybe that's how he's like keeping his promise to the dad. Like, because actually in the scene, she wants to have sex with him, which is astonishing. And um, he turns <laughs> her down. So maybe he was hoping that he could like bring down her mojo a little bit <laughs> by like having stuffed but she loves it like, she's like yeah. oh my god you got me all these stuffed animals i don't know it's a weird fetish thing i think um i can't with the mosquito net on the bed and then he sets the mood <laughs> by talking about yellow fever he is so crazy um she thinks he's crazy because he's got this mosquito net because she lives there yeah well so yeah clearly yeah, yeah. she doesn't take all these precautions that paul takes to be fair Namir, my husband, worked on a gold mine in the Dominican Republic, which is nowhere near Brazil. I'm aware of yeah. that. But they have really gnarly mosquitoes there. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, sleeping out one night. He was camping or something. And he got, like, literally so many mosquito bites on one of his legs that I guess was out of his cover mm-hmm. that he really couldn't function. Like, he, it was so bad. It was so itchy. There were so many of them. Like, his whole leg was, like, this red, oh one giant welt. Oh. And he had to, like, go to the doctor and get help for mosquito bites. So, no. I believe. And, Namir, I'm sorry if I'm getting that story wrong, but that's my recollection. I and get so it. so, she probably is much more inured to it. Yes. And he's not. So, yeah. I could see a situation where, not that he gets actual fucking yellow fever, but that he just gets so many mosquito bites. And right. he's, like, deeply uncomfortable. I mean, that would suck. And I get it. And I understand that. Like, I mean, well, Aiden in particular, my stepson, he is allergic to bug bites of any kind. So what happens is he gets like a mosquito bite and it turns into this like huge welt. Like really, really, really huge. All mosquito bites are like that. So when we go to Ohio in the summer, he will get like a mosquito bite and it's like, you should get him one of Paul's um, netting outfits. Oh my God, that would be hilarious. I would love it. I want a picture. Um, so 
she was expecting to get laid, and yeah, he wants which, to wait. I can't even why she's interested in that, but I know. I, and then I think it's kind of lame that he. It appears for a moment, and I kind of think it appears to her, at least initially, that he's trying to be respectful and essentially keep the promise to the dad. But actually, it's just like he's worried she's either pregnant by another man, which I don't know why that would prevent him from having sex with her now, but whatever, or has an STD. And that is just... A mood killer. It's so ick. Everything about it is disgusting. Um, I think she should insist the same from him. Yeah, seriously. Not, I mean, I'm not the pregnancy, pregnancy test. test, but like the STD. Um, it's just gross. Everything and is gross. He does kind of a mini teaser reveal that he has like a secret past problem, you know, yeah. that could kind of mess up the relationship. And all she sort of takes from it is that he has, quote, trust issues, which is, which is very boiled down. Yeah. Probably a mm-hmm. little too boiled down. I agree. All right. Now we go to Patrick. And Patrick is with Cameo, his, his baby mama. His baby mama. Voice of reason combo. They're great friends. She's beautiful. She's sweet. She's articulate. All I think I kept you should thinking, work it out. All I kept thinking was, why are you not together? I think he broke her heart. I think so, too. I think he was a total player. And by the time she even knew she was pregnant, he was, like, on the next girl. And, of course, I don't know any of this for real. But I get this vibe because of the way he talked initially about how once he had a daughter, mm-hmm. he wanted to kind of give up his player ways yeah. and settle down. And I'm like, okay, well, that means there was something going on before. Right. And it makes me think that maybe he kind of broke Cameo's heart. And she's I over so. it. Maybe she's moved on. I just I wish they were to get together because yeah. I love her and I, their I daughter's her. adorable. I think they're a very cute little family. All right. He tells her about Miriam and his trip. Right. She takes it well, but she's shocked that he's, like, serious about anyone, which sort of goes to our earlier point. Right. And then she also thinks it's a red flag that Miriam has not shown any interest in Italy and hasn't told her parents about Patrick. Um, I want to know how much of that's really true. You know, I, I, I wasn't sure. Well, it probably is all true, given what we later find out about her. Cameo doesn't take it seriously, um, and it kind of comes off as, comes off as jealousy. Um, it does a little bit, but I but think... she's also not wrong. She's not wrong, and, yeah. you know, she's got a little kid to think about. Exactly. Can you imagine, like, having to deal with that cluster of, like, different significant others coming in and out of your child's no. life through the other parent? No, and that's one thing I do have to give credit to my husband and his ex-wife about. 100%. Is, you know, when he when they first got divorced, I think that he was concerned because her boyfriend moved in, like, immediately. And yeah. they didn't even talk about it. It's unsettling, maybe. So it was like, he was kind of like, oh my gosh, now my son has this new boyfriend you know in his life living there with them yeah and so but to her credit I mean she eventually married him and they have it a four-year-old or a five-year-old I'm sorry yeah. so Aiden's little brother is five now and in kindergarten so it was it was it became her next serious relationship and to give I mean I am Chris's first relationship after the divorce okay too so, so you were serious we were serious like, and so the two people that Aiden met post Divorce were it. were it. 
That's and are the ideal. people that are currently still in his life. And look, kids are very resilient. I'm not they saying are. that it's some kind of trauma no, no, that no, mom or dad no. has a new boyfriend or girlfriend, even that they have several before it's they settle down. It's not a trauma. It's just that... It's unsettling, it I think, unsettling. for the parent, the other parent. It's unsettling for the other parent. It's not because your you don't judgment. know how it's affecting... The child, like, is the child yeah. going to see this as like a role model or this? And is you the have model to rely or... on what is now your ex partner's judgment right. about who to bring home. Which and clearly when. you never really were that impressed with in the first place, because otherwise you'd still probably be together. Well, that's the thing, because you're you're already dealing with a split, and you're already dealing with some level of acrimony. I don't care yeah. if it's a Tanya Eric situation. There's some level of acrimony, and and yet you're in like the most vulnerable position you could possibly be, and this person's like. In control. Yeah, we're sitting here, both Lisa and me, just like making faces at little Petey. Faces at Petey with is, her mohawk. She's trying so hard to crawl. Um, I think she's gonna do it really soon. She's enjoying her tummy time. She's become a much better co-host, I think, because she's more able to just fully entertain herself, mm-hmm. and she's become better at being part of the conversation without speaking. Yeah, I agree. She should be seen and not heard, right, Petey? Yeah. Oh, now she's chatting it up. <laughs> she's like, I'll show you. Okay, so now we go to Darcy and Jesse, and they're in the car on the way home after the big Ooh, blowout. Can you imagine how awkward that car no. ride would be? She's totally it was offended. a brutal dinner. Okay, it was a brutal dinner, but this is the thing. She's, she's offended, but she's not offended that the dad said, are you fucking crazy? I think she is. She just knows that she's barking up the wrong tree because what can Jesse do about that? He's not, but she's, but she doesn't, that's not what she talks about. She's not offended that he didn't, that he said, you have issues. He's not that he asked Jesse what's in it for you. Uh-huh. But the thing that she finds the most offensive is that he says she's out of his league. And she doesn't He's understand. out of her league. Oh, oh yeah. She, but she flips it, I think. Everyone's flipping it back and forth. I know. Which is that he's out of her league. And she doesn't understand what he meant. She goes really? off on this, like, insecure rant about yes. other women and how her relationship with Jesse might end. And he, he gets impatient with her. And I think that what's fascinating about this scene is that he actually comes off as being very invested in her and nervous that she's going to get spooked by what has just happened, which is totally... And the result is, unfortunately, he kind of minimizes her feelings. He glosses over what happened, even though it really was brutal and it needs to be addressed. And that was the thing that made me feel a little bit better about him than I normally do, which was like, oh, are you like actually taking this relationship seriously? It seems like you might be. I just think that it's so bizarre that she wouldn't really be focused on the fact that the dad asked Jesse point blank, like, what's in it for you? And Jesse couldn't answer that question. Or that... Well, it's an awkward... Like, what can you say other than, I love the person, you know? Yeah, but hopefully, he didn't. Hopefully there isn't anything in, in it for him. Because I think that's all of our concerns, but right? It, that he's, like, trying he to start a personal training business Right, I know. And if he really just loves her, what yeah. can he say to Dave, who's literally looking at him like he has a water buffalo sitting next to him eating borscht, which who makes borscht for dinner? I know, but I just feel like the, the one thing that she's clinging on to is that he's out of her league, which I think is the most obvious statement that Dave made. Yeah, but it's also her Achilles heel. I know, but she's like, I don't understand. What do you mean you don't understand? You're 42 and he's 24. Right. He's not ready for kids. He has zero responsibility. You need a pound of makeup to look presentable, and you're so vain and obsessed with how you look. Um, and then Jesse's response is, 
Well, he didn't mean it in a negative way. Right, because it's super positive to tell someone that the guy well, you're dating is out here. That's like. my point from earlier about Dave. Like, I think he's mean. I, I don't think he should have said any of the things that he said. I don't think any of it was any of his business. I think Dave was grabbing for screen time, frankly. Maybe, but he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. <laughs> and I think that's it think for that's this it. episode of Before the 90 Days. And we will be recording another episode soon, so stay tuned for 90 Day Fiance, the current season, and another uh, archive episode of Before the 90 Days. Sounds good, guys. Bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer. This is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.